0: Everybody. Did you miss me? I know I missed uh speaking to you guys last week. But as a dancing librarian mom wife, things get crazy. Well, this is your host, Caroline Williams, and I am now back with another episode of the Dancing Library Mom and Wife podcast. Um, please remember, guys, to share my podcast with your friends and family. Um, let people know this is just a simple podcast from a average everyday working mom who just wants to basically put out topics out there that maybe you can relate to, maybe someone else can relate to. Um, I want to have guests on my show, but it's hard because all my mom friends are busy as well, but I am going to have more guests on my show. I plan on doing it soon. Um... Hopefully, when things calm down in everyone's world, I can actually sit and arrange all these things. Um, this week has been crazy for me. I'm going to admit that I have been on quarantine from work because of, um, being exposed. But, I mean, I go back, um, to work on Friday, so that's a good thing. Um, I was negative. It's a you know, but it's one of those things you have to deal with when working as an essential worker. For some reason, I don't think a lot of people see teachers as essential workers, but we basically are as well. I know when it was talk about going back into the schools, um, you know, people were saying these teachers are complaining about going back to school. When nurses and doctors um, have been in this situation all the time, and I think I've said it on a, a podcast before, that, yeah, we understand all of that. But as teachers, or rather as educators, it's not that we signed up to put our lives at stake when it comes to our health. Um, if that even makes sense and not trying to be insensitive or diminish the, the situation. But as doctors and nurses, you know, when they sign their contracts and their oaths, they're saying, I'm going to do all I can to save such lives. You know, or you know, police officers, when they sign their their contracts and they take their oath, I'm going to do all I can to protect and, and serve. Same for any other profession where you're live you know, you're putting your life at stake. Um, it's a lot that goes into it, and as an educator, our oath is we're going to make sure that your kid gets the best education they can receive, be that virtually or in person. We would do all we can so your child can grow in in their education, educational lives, I should say. So, for us to be back in these buildings. Um, I know in the state of Texas, uh, there we've been back for a while now. Um, I know some states, they're still going virtual, which is one thing that we teachers here in Texas kind of long for because y'all don't understand how crazy it is in these schools. And I am way off topic from what the topic I wanted to discuss today, but I'm going to just say this and I'm going to jump back on what I want to discuss today. But there... It is really wild in these school buildings when, I mean, you have teachers who are having to teach virtually and face-to-face at the same time and try to give the same exact quality of lesson to all students, no matter what their learning platform is. That is not easy to do. I don't know if people not get that, but it is, it is stressful and it is hard to do. And then the fact that the state is still requiring the same standards and guidelines and requirements that they would expect if we were all in a normal face-to-face situation. They are expecting the exact same from all students. And one thing that is really making me giggle inside is that we, in the state of Texas, we have something called the STAR test. And this year, the STAR test is all online. And the state is going to count it. Supposedly, hopefully they'll individually say no, we're not going to count it. But, um, they they are stating basically that these students who are at home, like, you you're going to have to bring your kid to school to take it. Well, if I am a parent and I chose virtual for my child because I don't want my child in the school building. Why would I bring my child up there just to take a test? That's gonna number one stress my child out. Number two, not mean much. I mean, what? Why would I do that? And it's um, it's almost insensitive to the state to even think that that is an option. If the state if the test is virtual, why not let the virtual kids take it at home? Yeah, you may have some fudged answers and scores, but that's the the ball that we were the not the ball, the hand that we were dealt in this whole pandemic. It's the, I need everyone to understand this is not normal. We are not in a normal situation, so we should not be treating this as a normal situation. Period. Okay, I'm going to jump back on topic cuz that's going to have to be another show because there's a lot more I can say. But that's not what I want to talk about today. Today, actually, I want to talk about something that came up in a group that I'm in. Um, And it was a post that was made about a mom who basically, you can tell from her her, um, post that she is basically dealing with some postpartum. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. Um, Moms dealing with postpartum are... Have you dealt with postpartum, or do you know someone who has dealt with postpartum? Me personally, I didn't really go through the postpartum depression state after having my kids. Um, at least I don't think I did. I didn't, if I did, it wasn't as severe as some may have. Um, and for those who may not know what that is, um, postpartum, as defined, I'm getting my information. This source is about as credible as you can get (laughs) from the Mayo Clinic um, site. But basically, let me just read what they say about postpartum depression. Um, The birth of a baby can trigger a jumble of powerful emotions from excitement and joy to fear and anxiety. But it, it can also result in something you might not expect, depression. Okay, most new moms experience postpartum or quote unquote baby blues after childbirth, which commonly include mood swings, crying spells, anxiety, and difficulty sleeping. Baby blues typically begin within the first two to three days after delivery and may last for up to two weeks. Um, then it goes on to say that some moms. The experience can be more severe, um, which basically, th- that's when it goes into postpartum depression. When it's a long-lasting form of it, it goes, they, they give it the name postpartum depression. And rarely an extreme mood disorder called postpartum psychosis also may develop after ch- after childbirth. Um, and I need moms out there who may be going through to understand, There, this is something quote unquote normal I should say and you are not alone uh reach out to people who you may feel can help you. Um go tell your doctor if I can't stress that enough, let your doctors know. And I know when I would go into my appointments after I had my kids, the doctor would give you know they have their questions. They'll ask you, are you feeling this way, that way, so forth and that is your opportunity to let the doctor know, because then the doctor can know. Oh, I need to make sure I deal with this, because there are some moms who may not have a support system, like family or like the father, and so you you feel alone. You feel like you can't do it. And the mom, the post that was made was about a mom who basically said she, you know, thought she wanted kids, but now that she has her kid, it's like. She doesn't want it. Like, she's like, this is not what I want. It's not what I signed up for. My 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 husband's family, they look down on me because I, you know, I'm not doing enough or I'm not good enough. And she doesn't really have that support system that she needs. And I don't think her family understands what she's going through. And, you know, some moms can look at, I mean, there were some people who were stating like, oh, um, how could any mom feel that way towards their child? I would never... You don't know that woman's pain. You don't know her story. Why are we judging her? At first glance, it may sound horrible. But the fact that the baby, I think the baby was about eight months. This woman is is going through. And if anyone has ever had a newborn to a toddler, you go through some emotions. It is not that you love your child any less. It's just that you are trying to figure out what did I just sign up for? Nobody told me this. Nobody told me that. Um, The movies are just that, a movie, okay? Um, I remember when I first, my very first pregnancy, I read that book, uh, What to Expect When Expecting. Well, I kind of I didn't read the whole book. I kind of referred to it for different um, stages in my pregnancy. And it was, you know, it was so lighthearted. Like, you may experience this right now. You may be experienced. But just know that this is, you know. But never did they get to the part where when the baby comes and what happens. And that's kind of what my podcast was supposed to be geared towards. I know I've been all over the place again. And I apologize for that. I just have so much in my mind. I want to get out. But you don't, no one tells you about the 20 minute naps that these babies have or the the You fed them, you've changed them, you don't know what else to do, and the baby is still crying. Um, They don't tell you about the shootouts in their diapers. And that what that means is that when you're, or not the shootouts, the blowouts, when your baby has basically soiled their diaper all the way to the top of their heads, to the bottom of their toes, and everything around it. And you are, this has happened to me with my daughter. I just dropped my son off at daycare. She was in her car seat, in the back seat, and she was wailing. And driving with a crying baby, that in itself, can make you run your head through the wall. Like, oh my God. Because you're, first of all, you're trying to be safe and not harm you and your baby while driving. And then you're like, I got to get this baby to be quiet so I can't concentrate to drive. So you're trying to reach back to maybe give the baby a bottle or you're trying to give it a pacifier. Or you're, shh, shh, it's okay. It's okay. you're maybe singing, you're doing... So my daughter was screaming and yelling. And then all of a sudden... She stopped, and this, I heard a sound, but more I smelled the smell, y'all. My whole car was filled with the aroma, and I said, oh, no, this does not smell right, okay? And at this point, she got quiet, and so I ended up pulling over. Got off the freeway and pulled over in a, the star a Starbucks parking lot. I would never forget. It was a Starbucks parking lot, and I got out to to see about her. And when I opened that door, I and I pulled. I kind of like pulled her up on at the car seat. I could just see and all the mess. It was ridiculous, y'all. It was in her hair. It was on her new car seat and um cover that I had for her. It was just everywhere. And I'm like, what am I supposed to? Mind you, I am in like tights and a t-shirt. Hair is not really combed with flip-flops on because I like I said I just dropped my son off at the daycare. And was like, oh crap, I gotta and I had at least another 30 minutes before I got home. So I'm in the parking lot with all the wipes in the world trying to clean off my child. And good thing, because you know, as as, as moms, you, we always had that extra outfit in there. I had an extra outfit in there for her. But the one thing I did not have was like trash bags to put this mess in. And that's something that I now carry in my car or little little um the little um bag trash bags i carry that in my glove compartment now. it's a whole box of them and i just pull out because at this point my kids are bigger but this is for just for trash for like the snack bags are you know and i also carry tissue you just never know and now i've started to carry a throw-up bag <laughs> don't ask me why but once you've gone through Two or three throw ups in the car. You'll you'll invest in a throw up bag. I had to use it the other day. My son was like, "I don't feel good. I think I'm gonna throw up." I reached for, reached, <laughs> I reached for the bag and gave it to him like, "Here, here you go. Throw up in there." Granted, he did not throw up, but I was prepared. However, so I you know I cleaned my dart off then and you know got her together. But no one tells you about those things, and so you 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 as a new mom, you're just like, "What and what is this?" And so going back to the post of the lady, you know, her pain that she was going through and that the way she wrote it, it was just like she was giving up. Like, I don't know what else to do. Like, I can't can't do this. And so a lot of moms were sympathetic towards her. Like, she's going through postpartum. She needs help. Someone needs to make sure she gets some help. Because you never know what that person is thinking and what's next. You know, some moms are like, oh my God, I can never say that about my child. Again, you never say never till you're in the situation. Um but going back to like the postpartum um situation or the, the symptoms that may occur when you're going through postpartum one of it is you have a a depressed mood or severe mood swings excessive crying difficulty bonding with your baby and that's what that lady she was having trouble connecting to her child because your body, again, is your hormones are trying to get back on track. You're trying to heal internally. You know, you went nine, almost basically 10 months with growing a human. And now you're trying to get back to normal. It is easy. It isn't easy. Um, withdrawing from family and friends. Loss of appetite or eating much more than usual. That's another battle that you deal with um, after having a baby is the weight gain and slash loss. Because you either have gained weight from, you know, creating a human, and so now you've had the baby, and so you don't have the excuse of, I'm pregnant anymore, that's why I'm this size. So, and I know it's probably in the back of a lot of people's minds, you can go ahead and admit it, after a woman has a baby, you get looked at like, oh my gosh, she still has a baby bump, or her stomach is still, you know, round, you know. And so, you know, and then when the child is about eight months, you're like, ooh, she still looks pregnant (laughs) or, you know, and And as a mom, you feel self-conscious about that. And if your husband is not like supporting you or your boyfriend or the baby's father is not, somebody is not trying to make you feel like you're fine, you're comfortable in that, then you will feel like you're not good enough and like you've, you've, some sort of a failure, but you're not. Your body has to get used to uh, its normal state again. I always, I make people laugh. I use a joke like, uh, I just had a baby six years ago. <laughs> so I still, I'm still trying to work on my physique, but you know, I've always dealt with weight issues my whole entire life. So at this point, this is just a thing with me. So ignore me. But you know, if you have never been a certain size, and you are struggling trying to lose the weight, just take your time. It will happen. Just make sure you're healthy, if anything. And I need people to understand, just because you are small and skinny does not mean you're healthy, okay? I know many healthy people who may have high blood pressure or cholesterol issues. Make sure you're healthy, okay? Um, some more symptoms of postpartum depression would be the inability to sleep like insomnia or sleeping too much, overwhelming fatigue or loss of energy, reduced interest and pleasure in activities you used to enjoy, intense irritability and anger, fear that you're not a good mother, hopelessness, feeling of worthlessness, shame, guilt, or inadequacy, diminished ability to think clearly, concentrate, or make decisions, restlessness. Severe anxiety and panic attacks, thoughts of harming yourself or your baby, or recurrent thoughts of death or suicide. So, these are postpartum depression symptoms. So, if you know of any mom or new mom who may be going through this, and I should also add that yes, they say a couple of months after having the baby, but there are some women who deal with this within a year or two of having a baby. So keep that in mind. If you see a mom of a one-year-old and you see, she's just really, she could still be going through it as well. Okay. Or a mom of a two-year-old. I mean, those are just, these are just something that you probably want to, you know, watch out for to make sure that they are, that they are supported. Um, and then the postpartum psychosis, this is something that's rare, but it typically develops within the first week after delivery. And the signs and symptoms are way more severe. Um, So you have confusion and disorientation, obsessive thoughts about your baby, hallucinations and delusions, sleep disturbances, excessive energy and agitation, paranoia, and attempts to harm yourself or your baby. So those symptoms are more severe and should really seek help quickly from um, medical personnel. And then they also discuss about how postpartum can actually also happen in fathers. We usually forget about dads. Why, moms? Because we're like, I'm the one that helped the baby. I'm the one that we had to go 10 months with this baby. And I'm going to say 10 months because it's not really nine. That's something else they don't tell you. It's not nine. I don't know why they keep saying nine. It's 10. <laughs> For some women, it's 10 because, you know, you go past your due date. You're like, I'm still pregnant. I know a mom, I think she went a week or two weeks after her due date. Like, at that point, you like, what in the... I want my body back. But anyway, so we need to make sure we look at, at the fathers, making sure they're not uh experience any of these symptoms. Um, Sometimes they'll feel sad or fatigued or be overwhelmed, experience anxiety, or they have changes in their usual eating and sleeping patterns, okay? So... Kind of look at them, support, support, support these new. And I'm going to tell you people who who are having these babies, take the help. I know sometimes it is unwanted, unsolicited advice or help, but I have learned, (laughs) take it because you don't know when they'll offer it again. And then when you need it, they're not going to, they're going to be like, oh, well, I'm busy now. When I asked you before, you should have, you know, take the help. You know, if you don't need it then don't take it. But hey <laughs> take the help so that you can feel better. Okay? Um that's a that's something there that I, I, I do recommend because you don't wanna find yourself um in a state of what to do. You mom or dad, so yeah, people may give you advice. And you're like, I really don't need to. Okay. That's, that was your, that was your experience, not mine. And you are correct. Y- you are absolutely correct. Um, but sometimes it may be helpful because sometimes you may not feel you'll go through it and then go through it and like, Oh, I remember such and such said this or to do this, you know? So take it, take it. Oh, okay. Yes. Very good. Okay. And then, and then move on. But, um, we should just always make sure that we are supporting e- our new moms or new dads um again if you know any mom who's going with this postpartum don't immediately judge them and feel oh she needs to get over she needs to get it together or or he needs to get it support them find them and then and then if they don't want the help still make sure you keep an eye on them okay um. If you see it gets to something that's more severe, maybe an intervention needs to be called in. Uh, but don't don't just leave them out there to, to hang themselves. And then, you know, they also have the, the thing where it says, you know, it's sometimes people don't want the help or well, should I be helping someone who doesn't want it or something like that. Um, And I feel that goes into a different realm, but I'm speaking most more on new moms, new dads. Um, in the situation of postpartum depression and how to deal with it. and more about that that post that I saw, and I just saw so many people commenting about how she could say that about her child. And again, you don't know what you would do or say, yes, you may love your child dearly, but you're not her. And if anything, i my my whole thought was was like, oh goodness, she needs someone to really just give her a hug or she needs someone to be there with her to help her and support her. Because, you know, eventually a mom's love is a mom's love. Eventually it it comes back, you you, you get back to normal and and then you can begin that bond with your baby. But postpartum depression is real. I need people to understand that, especially as an a African-American mom, a black mom. Blacks, we have an issue with being, getting a label, put on us as far as depression or a mental, um, a mental, uh, Lord Jesus, I just lost my whole train of thought, but having some type of diagnosis where it, we feel we need to go seek counseling. I don't know why we, we are built this way. We're trying to be tough and tough it out. Go get the help, you know, let people help you. It's okay. Uh, so it's just, um, overall, cause I'm going to start to ramble. Overall, let's support each other moms, let's support each other dads, sisters, brothers, aunties, uncles, um grandma, grandpa. Let's just support each other when it comes to um depression itself. So, that is my show for today. I hope you took something away from it. Um I hope you Learn something from it and know that if you hear or see this, then you can, you know, a red flag can go up and you can know what to do. But let's love each other. Give each other hugs from a distance because we're going through a pandemic still. But yeah. And I'll talk to you guys later. Y'all have a good, great, fantastic week and weekend. Bye.